Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on social media. On Twitter, we are at I'm Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Go follow the podcast, guys, Instagram and Twitter. On Twitter, we are at Tighten Up Pod. On Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And we tell you guys this every week. We are under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go follow at A to Z Sports on all social media platforms. Uh, business partners, I should uh, clarify. Business partners, strictly platonic. I love Jack, but very platonic love. Uh, yeah. This is episode number 42. The Jackie Robinson of Sodes? Can we do that? Is that like, can we cross sports like that? What's a guy who's never even. Mad respect for Jackie R. I think I think he transcends all sports, right? I don't know. Did, yeah, and, and right. He was a stud in football, too. He uh, but was I'm, I'm pretty sure he's blackballed by the NFL. So uh, <laughs> but no, uh, or we could or if we need to stick it to stick with Titans, I think we could always go with the just as famous as Jackie Robinson. Skip Hicks, uh, former Titans running back. Skip Hicks, yes. Former, okay, I'll, former I'll... Remember the Titan uh, a few weeks back. This week, we are joined kind of impromptuly, if that's a word. In, we've got an impromptu interview with our guy, Uncle Jim Wyatt, our first uncle uh, from this podcast, our actual uncle, I guess I should say. He joins us, <laughs> and it's literally one of those things. Okay, we ha- full disclosure, we had a guest lined up dropped out probably like 10 minutes before we started recording. So we started scrambling and we just started texting people and calling people. And in the middle of this week's podcast, we got a word back from Jim Wyatt. He was like, Hey, I'm about to hop in the car. I can, I can hop on for a bit. So we talked to Jim Wyatt and it's, it's actually great stuff. It, we get into everything with him, the defensive line, uh, Derek Henry, how much usage are we going to see out of him over the next week? Like what's more important, the 2000 yards or like, is that important enough to Trump just getting into the playoffs? So much from Jim Wyatt. It's phenomenal. Uh, it, great stuff there. Plus Jack and I going to talk about the lions game. Going to talk about some Marcus Mariota shout out much love to MM, but how, uh, how he played and how we feel about seeing him and how he played. Uh, take a look at our our long-term bets, too, for those of you, for our OG uh, Tuppers out there. You guys remember some of the long-term bets we made in the offseason. We check in on some of those. And then, of course, we talk about Pro Bowl snubs. We get into it with Jim White a little bit, but we also talk about some Pro Bowl snubs that the Titans have. Uh, let's, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation about Pro Bowl, and uh, especially this year, in a year where there's not even a Pro Bowl. Somehow the Titans were still snubbed. It's weird. Uh, and yeah. And uh, also there's kind of a big game this week. Not sure if you heard, um, but uh, we've been uh, waiting a week for Sunday night. Shout out Carrie Underwood. Titans should get bonus points for that because Carrie Underwood is a Nashvillean Titan. And since she does the song and the Titans are playing on it, they should get bonus points. Uh, but first, before we get into all that, let's get a word about Mill Creek Brewing Company. Mill Creek Brewing Company, located in Nolensville, Tennessee, 2008B Johnson Industrial Boulevard. I was out there earlier this week. They've got it all. 
the, on top of having the beer that we talked about last week, which is the oatmeal coffee stout, Mama's Trouble, they now came out with a Mexican lager just this past week called Del Rey. It is awesome. It blows Corona out of the water. Not the bad Corona, the good Corona. So that, that tells you how good it really is. Um, guys, they got a... But it does, it, does blow, it, blo- it does blow the bad Corona out of the water, too. Yeah, oh, it, it completely blows that out of the water. But when you go to Mill Creek, they have a bunch of TVs, a bunch of uh, tables inside for group seating. They can do group seating as long as you abide by the COVID rules. Um, they, they, they've even got a, a, a camper inside the building. Okay. They have a camper and that's where they make their food. It's a, it's a, it's a kitchen in a camper. It's pretty awesome. They have great food. I had the soft pretzels over there. It's really good. Um, they got a ton of stuff on the menu you'd love, but look, it's cold and, and it's, it's hard. It's hard for us to go places now. Okay. So when you go somewhere, you want to be warm. They have the beer to do that, right? Alcohol warms the body, warms the blood, gets, gets the blood moving. It's good for the soul. Go to Mill Creek and watch your favorite team play football. It's bowl season. Go watch a bowl game at Mill Creek Brewing. I promise you, you will not regret it. Get the Del Rey Mexican Lager. And with all that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bay. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is the Henber 23rd, 2020. Hey, Merry Christmas or Happy Belated Hanukkah to all you Juju Smith Schusters out there or Happy Belated Chinooka to Smokey Robinson. Uh, and the Tennessee Titans are 10 and 4. And Jack, I feel like that's the greatest gift of all. The Titans have snapped their, what, four-year streak of nine and seven records. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I feel weird. It's almost uncomfortable knowing that the Titans, like, do the Titans win column? Does it even have enough spaces for double digits? I don't know. Well, you left out Kwanzaa, Dare Kwanzaa, Henry, <laughs> right? No, but yeah, it's it's a refreshing feeling. You look at the standings. Titans have double-digit wins for the first time since 2008. The first time, look, the last guy, the last quarterback to lead this Titans franchise to 10 wins was Kerry Collins. Okay, I, f- I feel like to get that kind of monkey off the Titans' back because, okay, 10 wins is great, but having Kerry Collins do it, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same. It feels like it was clock. longer ago. Yeah, yes, like it's exactly. almost as if like, it's almost as if Kerry Collins leading the Titans to 10 wins didn't really count so you like you have to go even further back to their last 10 win season before that which was what steve mcnair steve mcnair yeah and, billy volek billy Volek, a combination yeah. of the two so it's great to have 10 wins but as the titans learned in that same season in 2008 regular season wins are great okay yeah you got to get the job done in the postseason and this year the postseason is going to be crazy the and there's no guarantee that the titans even have the division the AFC South, they're still tied with the Colts. Both teams with a tough matchup this this weekend. We'll talk to Alan Bell about those games. Um, but yeah, it, for right now, let's just enjoy the fact that the Titans got over the nine and seven hump, right? Yeah, three yes. straight seasons of nine and seven, and they break through ten wins. Finally, we talk about good, not great. Okay, and I feel like good, not great, can kind of be quantified in wins in a way, right? Because nine and seven, no one's going to call you great. Okay, you have to have double-digit wins to be taken seriously to be to to even be in the conversation for that word great. So you have ten wins in week. You're you're heading. You have two games left, right? 
Okay, you've, you've got the, the Packers this week. It's in the frozen tundra. It's at Lambeau. Green Bay is probably the hottest team outside of the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills right now. That's well, going to be tough. Yes, not 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 a not like per weather. They're probably the coldest team in yeah, cold the NFL team right now. Yeah, if we're being true. yeah, like scientifically uh-huh. correct. Okay, thanks for and, thanks for that. Um, and then in the Titans <laughs> go on the road to finish the season at Houston. They have a legitimate shot at eleven wins. They they're probably have a hotter hotter get... team than the Packers. Yeah, the, yeah weather wise. Just yeah. again, based off of uh, uh, weather patterns right. in the, the U.S. Map. Yeah, the meteorologist. Yeah. I'm Thank a you. meteorologist. I know. Um, but look, so 11 wins is expected, right? Okay, 12 would be awesome. 12 would be the division. But you can still get that division with 11 games. Look, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. 10 wins is great. I'm happy. Yes. It's a great Christmas present. Look, but I want more. And I agree with you. I want more too. But knowing how hard it's been for the Titans to crack double-digit wins, Titans fans, like, we need – don't be satisfied, but take some time to appreciate it. Ta- it takes it a little time to appreciate sweeter, the fact that Mike Vrabel has gotten this team over a hump that hasn't been accomplished in like four head coaches, probably 16 quarterbacks. Uh, just like it, it's been so long since it's happened. It is something to appreciate. And on top of that, they're doing it with a little bit of flair, a little bit of style. Got the number one scoring offense in or the scoring team, I guess I should say, in the NFL just by one point over the Kansas city chiefs, just barely held on there. Thank you to this uh, new Orleans saints for holding the chiefs to only 32 points on, uh, on Sunday <laughs> to give the Titans that, uh, that crown. But then they also have, I think they also have the, the, the most, most yards. yards. They have the most yards and the most touchdowns. There you go. So that right there is huge. And most touchdowns, uh, I believe number two on that list is the Packers. And I believe number two on the list of, of yards isn't is isn't touchdown doesn't that kind of go without being said with this Titans team like of course Steven Goskowski is not you know racking up the points and pushing the Titans over the you know the limit for that number right. one spot it's, it's it, that's the only way they really do score anymore is touchdowns yeah no you're right and yeah think about how many think about how many trips to the runs red zone or even just across the 50 yard line where they had been in field goal range that they missed out on points like the Titans if you think about it, the Titans offense should be their scoring offense, at least should be even higher than it is right now. And it's the highest scoring offense in the league. If Goskowski connects on those field goals, <laughs> like they're think about that. that. Think about how many points they probably, they probably have like 30 points left on the board. Yeah. Because of Goskowski missing field goals. And it would just be interesting to go points. back and do all the math on that. We should, oh man, mm. you think that would have been something we would have come up with. Yeah, and if you, if you we... stall long enough here, I think I could maybe okay. get that. Okay. I'll stall. Uh, so, Hey guys, it's Austin here. Dino podcast. Uh, just, just w- while I have your attention, I figured I'd go ahead and talk to you a little freestyle and a little freestyle. Talk 26 points. Steven has left 26 good points. Guess. Hey, that was a good guess by me. 30 points worth, right? Say what? That, that's an entire game's worth for some teams. Oh yeah, that's I how many points per game do the Titans average? They gotta average what, like 30, 30 points a game, I'd I'd assume, right? Yeah, they're up there. They're actually 31.1. 26 would be the same amount that the Pittsburgh Steelers score game. So they they've left an average game 
uh, they left the same amount of points as an average game of a, of the Steelers. Just That's completely insane. On the that, think about that. That's like an added week to the schedule that the Titans have left out on the field, and they've already got the number one scoring offense. So, look, kudos to Arthur Smith. Kudos to the Titans' offense, which has been great. Titans' defense still needs a little bit of work. Uh, hey, I'm healthy I'm, though. Getting healthy. Getting healthy, getting healthy. Yes, very good. And we'll get into all that uh, at the towards the end of the podcast when we do get into what's next with the Green Bay Packers. But I want to talk about the Lions game, Jack. Me too. First and foremost, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say uh, AJ Brown. Should he be the Titans' emergency quarterback? Because <laughs> my man, <laughs> my man, straight up threw a football yeah. out of the stadium yeah, after did. his touchdown on Sunday. It literally. He chucked the football at, into the stands as he does most weeks, which I don't understand why players do that because it is like a seventy-five thousand dollar fine. He chucked it into the stands or seventy-five hundred dollar fine, and it, yeah, same thing to them. I mean, it's, it's money's money, am I right? Cash is king. Uh, he chucks <laughs> the money into the stands. Or, I mean, chucks chucks the football into the stands, but it it didn't go in the stands. It landed. It went out of the stadium, literally, and I, it's not hyperbole. My dude was it, was, it was like he was starring in his own Vortex commercial, like just <laughs> took the football and chucked it out. And I, I, I don't know. I just love A.J. Brown. He played great on Sunday. He played great. Had some key moment catches. And then his his uh, little tag team buddy op, lining up opposite of the field, Corey Davis, dude. Corey freaking Davis. Not just his game on Sunday, but in particular, the, the 75-yard touchdown he had from... The the juke moves he had to do on a his own carousel on the playground on that on that touchdown run. Yeah, it was he had a dude playing twister. Um yeah, sometimes so this season you kind of forget who's Batman and who's Robin. No, not Cameron Batson, but Batman. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. what AJ Brown was last year and what everyone thinks he will be in the years to come. But it's Corey Davis who's really emerged towards the back half of the season. Um four catches, 110 yards, that uh, that 75 yard touchdown, which was awesome. Um, it, look, that's that's the type of production that the Titans need for them to be successful on offense. And, well, quite frankly, it's the type of production that Corey Davis needs to get paid the amount of money that he should get paid this offseason, which is probably going to be eight figures. And if it is, it's on the low end, but still, it's going to be quite the bag that Mr. Davis will be reeling in. It's an offense that still surprises me in a way. You know, it's not it, it's not Tannehill. It's not Henry. But who is going to lead the team in receiving yards? And then no one's going to talk about it, but I'm going to make sure we discuss it. Darrington Evans is another little tool that Arthur Smith can use going forward. Yes, right? dude. And he's he, the perfect guy for Arthur Smith to utilize. And I honestly think Darrington Evans, the game he had on Sunday, because there was like a, a whole drive or two where he took every snap. It wasn't mm-hmm. just third downs. It was, it was his touchdown drive, yeah. Yeah, Derrick Henry was on the sidelines, and Darrington Evans marched the team down the field. And I mean, it, I mean, heck, we saw a successful screen pass from this Titans offense. Something that the Never Titans have been struggling with all year. Darrington Evans comes in and and has a great screen pass, and he just showed this quickness. He showed this burst that you didn't see. And maybe it, I don't know if that's fresh legs or if that's just what you'll get from him any week of the season, but he looked good. And, and to me, if Arthur Smith is smart, which he is very much. So yes, I think they utilize him more. I think this was Darrington Evans saying like, Hey, look, I can run with, 
I can run with with any NFL defense. Give me more playing time. And I think that's just another kind of like they've been utilizing Cameron Batson more. Uh, uh, not so much Khalif Raymond, but like you, you've seen guys that you don't typically see get put in situations that you didn't really expect them. You know, like like Cameron Batson with the wild bat. We yeah. did not expect to see that. I think Darrington Evans earned himself the right to get utilized in this offense more. And I'm excited to see it because if, if you got Derrick Henry in a game and you're like, Oh damn, I got to freaking tackle Derrick Henry. And then next play, you've got Darrington Evans in. It's like, Oh damn. Like I've got this, this cause Darrington Evans is a big back. He's a mismatch he's, for, for any linebacker that lines up across him. It's a mismatch. And he's too he, quick and shifty because he's extremely fast. Yes, he is. He is, um, uh, why, why am I freaking blanking on his name? Uh, uh, running back that was literally here last year. It blocks everyone on Twitter. Dion Lewis, Dion Lewis. He is a bigger Dion Lewis. Why I've already, and I think Titans fans can agree with me that I, I was, we tried at, to forget. We tried. To forget. I, yes. I was, at, I should have forgotten his name. Uh, but Dion Lewis, Darrington Evans is a bigger Dion Lewis and I'm excited for what the Titans do with him in the coming weeks. Closing thoughts on him. It's tight. I get the Titans fans frustration with this 2020 class. Isaiah Wilson, he's a complete throwaway. Uh, you have Christian Fulton and Darrington Evans. Both have spent time on IR this season. Murchison, he's a fifth round pick on the interior D line. He shows up every now and then, but does nothing really impactful. Chris no Jackson. How to pronounce his name, Laurel Chris, or Yanni. Yeah. Chris Jackson. Uh, he got some playing time early in the season when they desperately needed anybody, any corpse to fill in. He did that and survived and still is on the team. So uh round of applause. But Darrington Evans is, is definitely a weapon that Arthur Smith can utilize. You, if, you see how creative he is. He lined up John U. Smith in the backfield last year. The way he uses Cam Batson, that's a great point. Um, it just there, his his bag of tricks is so so deep, um, and that's why he's up for head coaching jobs. But it's it's the starting running back that deserves all the praise this week, as he has been getting every single week this season. Derrick Henry, twenty four for one forty seven and a touchdown. He is just three hundred and sixty one yards short of that two thousand mark, Austin. Uh, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the Titans grounds crew has got to like they've probably got a, a you think they got a raise a nice christmas bonus well i i think they have a buried kind of underlining hatred for derrick henry uh, <laughs> just based on the fact that he makes their job so much harder with the the divots and the the craters that he creates in the the nissan stadium turf he buries grown men when he slams human bodies in there you know, it, it literally a Nissan Stadium by the end of the year is going to look like a graveyard with the number of dirt piles that they've got just to fill in the divots created by Derrick Henry and his damn stiff arms. I, dude, Alexander Myers of the Detroit Lions, man, I, l- allow me on behalf of the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry, allow me to apologize to you um, because what Derrick Henry did to you was the most disrespectful thing I have seen. Well, since Josh Norman, I guess. Yeah, so not, <laughs> so, it's a matter of months, really. Not that long. It's look, and you we see it all the time. If you if you have success, you're you're going to want to replicate that success with something. And obviously, Derrick Henry's Josh Norman stiff arm, probably considering uh, it was a down year for Hollywood, probably the biggest movie of 2020. 
Uh, no offense to Tenet. And <laughs> Derrick Henry decided, you know what? Like most Hollywood companies, production companies said, hey, let's go for the sequel. Let's cash in. And it it was just as good as the original. It was the, that stiff arm was the Home Alone 2. It was just as good as the original and very similar, if I do say so myself. Austin, are most sequels a, a little more crocky and kind of all over the place than the original movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Not, not, so. in, not in this case, because you've stiff-armed a bigger man, okay? this Alex Myers picked up on Saturday, okay, the day before. First and, NFL game of his life, yeah, and, of his life. Everyone in the NFL, you're playing against grown men. You're playing against some of the biggest, strongest men in the country, the most athletic. So you're going to get God, right? At some point yes. in your career, somebody's going to get know. the best of you. Right. And just so happened for poor Alex Myers that it was his first game, his welcome to the NFL moment, happened to be Derrick Henry shoving him into the Earth's core to join um, Josh Norman and half of the 2018 Jaguars defense. Literally, I think he was heard from after the game. or uh, Literally... The quote I would I would use to describe his performance on Sunday would be Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashers of Oh look, honey, oh look, oh I'm dead. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know that he was he called all of his friends and family the day before and was like, Hey guys, I'm 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 playing. I'm playing. You're I'm gonna be on the active yeah, everyone's roster. Everyone's too happy for him into say, the game. Everyone's too happy for him to, to really say, Yeah, but like Derrick Henry's the guy you got to tackle all day. Oh yeah, yeah. No one. They never they, mentioned that. I guarantee clearly, you, he never came up. No one, no one clued him in. No one said, "Hey, there's a player on the Titans. Where's number twenty-two? Who looks like the size of a Peterbilt eighteen-wheeler? So <laughs> if you see him coming your way, don't try and tackle him. Just like maybe." Just sho- shove him out of bounds, maybe. Like, try and be like a traffic cone, and maybe he'll run around you. Just don't go for him. Alex he Myers has been that. tackling humans all of his life, and that's oh, what's sure. gotten him to this level. Of course. But, but, of course, the first game he suits up for in the NFL, he's got to tackle a centaur. And when Derrick Henry was galloping on the left side of that line, <laughs> you just knew you just knew that Alex Myers – because when, when Henry's coming, he kind of swatted at a stiff arm. He expected the full extension stiff arm right there. He kind right. of, if you rewatch it, he kind of swatted, but it never came. And so he, he was already lower than where he needed to be. His pad level was really low anyways. Yeah. And what does Derrick Henry do? Derrick Henry throws him about two and a half yards. Alex Myers, I'm sure you're a great guy. I'm sure you are. And you watch your film. But there was just no way of knowing that this could have happened to you because uh, it's, it's, it's something that we've only seen, what, once this year already? So... Yeah, I, I, I feel bad because you'll get them next obviously, week. like with the Josh Norman stiff arm, that one was huge because not only was it on national TV on a Tuesday night of all nights of the week, mm-hmm. uh, it was yeah. it, 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 Josh Norman is a big name and comes with a, like he has a past and people know Josh Norman. Alexander Myle, Myers, that is, that's his life now. First game in the NFL, and like the dude, like nobody knew who he was. Like everyone had to Google number forty-two for the Detroit Lions. Like who is that guy that the that the Derrick Henry just stiff armed into an oblivion? Like we don't even know, and that's mainly because he's still probably buried in the Nissan Stadium turf. But like this just feels like the beginning of you know, like the Josh Norman thing, like that thing, that stiff arm got its own Dateline episode 
yeah. Dateline NBC. Like mm-hmm. it's the mystery of like what happened to Josh Norman. Like where is he? Nobody knows. He went missing. We're not sure. Alexander Myers is one of those like missing persons cases that doesn't get the publicity. It doesn't get the, you know, it doesn't get the Dateline episode because, you know, it just kind of buries under the rug. And it's sad because, you know, you see those in real life and uh, we're, we we saw it here in the NFL and Derrick Henry is now responsible for two missing persons reports uh, last, this year. Last thing on Alex Myers is the thing that the 2018 Jaguars defense and Josh Norman all have in common that Alex Myers doesn't is they had made plays prior to that, right? They Josh Norman has a reputation. He's been to Pro Bowls. So everyone will probably remember Josh Norman as, you know, a pretty solid quarterback in the NFL. He made some Pro Bowls. He got some, you know, he did a fine job, made some money. Uh, the 2018 Jaguars defense, oh, they just came off an AFC championship appearance. It was a good defense at one time. Granted, they they lost everyone. Um, with Alex Myers, he doesn't have that. So what moment in the NFL could could possibly top this one because it's this is this is one where you start off you start you start off as low as it can get right yeah but you've somehow got to build a name on top of something dreadful that's already happened to you and that's just going to be a tough hill for Alex Myers to climb yeah he uh Alexander Myers he it is it is it is tough he's a uh came out of oh oh Ochita Baptist College in oh, Houston yeah. oh Okay, so he's somehow he found the only college that has a lesser name than he does. Uh, is, that what, is that what the Titans cornerback said last year in the AFC Championship game when they saw Tyreek Hill running downfield? Oh, a cheetah. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm pretty sure that's the same uh, same university. The, uh, yeah, so Alexander Myers, man, I'm I'm sorry, dude. I it it sucks because now the only film that any NFL team has mm-hmm. on Alex Myers is him getting uh just uh you know the five finger death punch to the face <laughs> yeah. um the rag it did earn it did earn derrick henry another shout out from lebron this time on instagram, instagram baby lebron lebron said uh what does the face or what do the five fingers say to the face uh and i believe the punchline there is uh, no pun intended uh smack and so that's what he went with LeBron. So shout out LeBron for shouting out the other King. Thanks LeBron. Um, hey, but yeah. Hey, let, go ahead. First, let's move from a guy whose first game in the NFL happened this past week to someone who plays for the Titans, whose first game of 2020 took place on Sunday. And that's a Dory Jackson. He's missed all season with a mysterious knee injury. He injured it um, before the season start started. The Titans were in the bubble. No press was there. Um, because of the Corona stipulations and everything and regulations. So they weren't allowed and they never got to see what happened. Finally, he comes back and he plays in, I believe it was 20, 28 snaps. I want to say um, 27 snaps plays, you know, he, he has to guard wide corner. He's and they moved him around. That's what I liked about him. They took it easy with him, but they gave him reps in different areas. He did a fine job, by the way. He graded out on Pro Football Focus at an 87.9. If he were to average an 87.9 all season, he would that would put him, you know, the first first graded quarterback cornerback in the NFL. Um, Xavier Howard is is just a little behind that. But he he took he took 17 snaps, you know, matching up against the, at the at the wide corner position, outside receiver. 
He took eight snaps at slot, guarding the slot receiver, and then he was in the box three times. So I like how they brought him back slowly, but kind of got him game reps in, in yeah. each of these different areas. Yeah, and I agree. There was a uh, there was a play, uh, it was early in the fourth quarter, I want to say, or maybe maybe halfway through the third, uh, the fourth quarter. Um, it was on the drive right after the Titans took a 32 to 18 lead. So the game was still definitely very much in reach. It was not out of hand at all at, at this point. And there was a third and 15 that a Dory made a tackle on that to me was arguably a huge, huge tackle because as we know, not to bring up, well, I, not old wounds, but current wounds. Titans third down defense has not been great this year. No, it's very bad. It's actually the worst. <laughs> yes. Thanks. <laughs> if In case you've forgotten, if a Dory doesn't make that tackle, that's another converted third down. Mm-hmm. And the lions keep alive, a very important drive for them. And what turned out to be arguably a pivotal drive for them. He makes that tackle. And I'm not going to say that without a Dory Jackson, that tackle isn't made, but I am going to say that it is a much more likely chance that that play is made because of just because of a Dory's talent level. And that was to me, that was, it was made noticeable on a few plays on Sunday plays that you wouldn't necessarily see amount to anything on the stat sheet. You know, maybe not necessarily a pass breakup or an interception or even just a, a tackle or anything, but it was it was like coverage plays. And I noticed I, I was keying in. I was I was looking at twenty five a lot on Sunday because I wanted to see how he performed. Obviously, the whole year, once once Clowney signed, all eyes kind of pretty much turned to a Dory. And when he's coming back, like what's the deal? Like when is when is a Dory coming back? And this year, this week he. Very, to his credit, very nonchalantly just snuck his way onto the roster yeah, because I, yeah. I was very much expecting like a Dory's back, you know, like a parade in the streets or something. And he went, uh, he went from practicing with the scout team for two weeks to being questioned, game time decision. And then he's just out there and it's happening. Right. 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 It was almost like, yeah, it was like, wait, what a Dory's back. Like why, why couldn't we like celebrate this more? Um, but, but no, so he, he comes out and he, to me, he played great, and you're right. Limited stat s- snaps, and I love that the Titans did. Were very hesitant on on wheeling him out, and it was kind of goes back to a conversation we had uh, either last podcast or a couple of podcasts ago about how we want. Like, I think it would be best if this secondary is at its healthiest going into week 17, or and or going into a wild card round of the playoffs because. That was, I'm not going to say it was the Achilles heel, but it was definitely the most banged up part of the Titans team, especially their defense last season in the playoffs. Yeah. The secondary was held together with duct tape and glue. And they, they, I mean, to their credit, they, they performed well. Obviously they got burnt in the AFC championship, but I, to me, if they can have that part of this defense healthy, I think it will help make the rest of the defense better. And and I and I know that's kind of counterintuitive because most of the times you you talk about how a a, a good a good pass rush makes the secondary better. To me, I think if the secondary is better, that could potentially lead to some sacks. And honestly, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to come up with an excuse of ways Titans can get more sacks. It, the, we've we've talked about this a few times with some of our guests. It's a symbiotic relationship that they have. They depend on each other to succeed. 
Now, if you have a, if you have a secondary who can lock down receivers for you know two three seconds, it gives a little extra time for the pass rush to get there. Although they may have to lock them down for about seven seconds based on the way things are going, but the Titans secondary is still not completely healthy. They're like seventy five percent right now. You have Kenny Vaccaro missing time due to an illness. You have Adoree Jackson still working his way back in, figuring it out, getting game reps now, which is a, a, a huge, which is a great sign. You're getting healthier as the season goes along. They, they, I, I hope that they've used their, their their injury curses. You know, early in the season, you lose Lawan, uh, you lose Clowney, uh, Adoree misses nearly the whole year. Um, but but yeah, they are getting healthy, and it's important to peak at the right time. And a quick example of that would be let's look at the Steelers. Okay, they, they look like the best team in the NFL for 10 weeks, or yeah. at least eight weeks. 11 um, weeks. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and, and now they don't look like they can win a playoff game. Now they're a team that I would love to see come to Nissan Stadium and play the Titans for in a rematch. It's um, crazy the difference of, like, really three weeks can make. Because even when they lost that first game, it was like, okay, well, the Steelers are, are still an elite team. But now it's like they can't score points. They can't. Can, can like they go three and out more than you know like more than the Jaguars it yeah. seems like everyone's caught and, on it's that short passing game that quick release time that everyone's kind of figured out and they're so one-dimensional on offense that it kills them right but when you look at a Titans team you're improving on defense defense is what will hold you back in the playoffs that's what everyone thinks that's you know the offense will do its job it's the number one offense in the NFL but it's the big worry is about the defense and with Dory Jackson coming back, hopefully Kenny Vaccaro gets back soon. The Titans secondary is a strong suit. It's a it's a top half secondary in the NFL. At its best, it's probably top ten. Now it's not there yet, and it, that saying that the Titans secondary is you know is the strong suit of the Titans defense is like me, you know, saying okay, this Christmas tree branch can hold the most ornaments after the back half got too close to the fire and got burned off. It's it's. It's an ugly-looking Christmas tree right now, but the fact that you have one branch that can maybe do the heavy lifting for you and hold some of the best, most expensive ornaments, it kind of fancies it up a little bit. Right. I I love that analogy. I love that analogy just because of the the week that we are in right now. Like, uh, you know, you gotta love Christmas time, and uh, just you 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 reminded me that it is Christmas time. Just brought a smile to my face. Yeah. Keep um, your fireplace and your Christmas tree separate. Yes, that's a good. That's look. <laughs> you you tuned into this podcast hoping to hear just the top of the line Tennessee Titans analysis from two of the smartest minds uh, when it comes to Titans football. We give you life advice. We give yeah, you, you what you didn't probably expect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little a little 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 uh, tips for for around the house when it comes to probably the proper placement of a Christmas tree. Didn't, didn't expect that, but you're getting it anyway. That's, that's what you, that's the kind of grade a content you get with the tighten up pod. Give a follow tighten up pod on Twitter, tighten up podcast on Instagram. Hey, let me talk to you about my bookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. I talk about it every week around every this time week. of the podcast. You know? And you know why that is? That's because everyone's talking about sports betting right now. And because sports betting is, again, not to go cliche, but it's this year's Tickle Me Elmo. It's this year's Furby. It is this year's, uh, 
I don't know what a popular toy has been over the last... A fidget spinner. It is this year's... Uh, whatever the hottest item on the shelves of what used to be Toys R Us. Is Play-Doh, is Play-Doh still a thing? I mean, yeah, it's still a thing. I don't think it's ever been like the hottest selling item. I feel like Christmas. at one point it had to have been. Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe in like the 40s or something. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Bring a good point to the table. All right, I'll throw, fine. I'll, I'll throw Play-Doh in there. Thanks. Sports betting is as hot as any of those things. If if sports betting was a toy at KB Toys, it would be it would be off the. Are, do you remember KB Toys? Are you too young for that, Jack? Too young. Toys oh are. All right. If it was if it was uh, if it was the if it was a toy at Duncan's Toy Chest in New York City. Shout out Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. Uh, that's my second Home Alone Two reference tonight. Uh, it, let's just say sports betting it, it's insanely popular. I don't have to tell you that it. Obviously, guys, you can use my code or you can use code my titans at mybookie.ag to double your first deposit. Okay, that's free money for you. You want to know how I know it's for you? Because my is used twice in this live read. My titans at mybookie.ag. You can uh, double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. And every week, Jack gives you his my best bet. And there's another my, there's a third my. Uh, my best bet when it comes to the Titans last week, it was okay. We look, we don't need to talk about last it week. Got, because last it was week, ridiculous last week. I want to talk about it for two seconds. This, this that was a bad beat. That was a bad really beat. In. But yes, Corey Davis, we had, we had him over five receptions at plus plus one twenty. He had four on one of the last, I think it was the last Titans drive. Ryan Tannehill doesn't set his feet and misses a wide open Corey Davis in the end zone. Wide open. He Ryan. Lived- we we can't get to the push. A push would have saved our money, but we lose. I, you know what I think? You know what Nine I think? Nine and six on the year. Not hey, stay woke, people. Okay, open your eyes. I think Ryan Tannehill took the under. I think he bet against the my best bet. He's in, he's involved with Mexican cartels. I think Ryan Tannehill used code MyTitans at mybookie.ag. He doubled his first deposit up to $1,000. And with that new contract, you know he he spent more than $1,000 on that bet. And he saw right open Corey Davis and was like, that's his fifth reception, right? That would be his fifth reception. I'm going to airmail this one. And sure enough, he did, and he cashed out on it. I Look, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's shaving points. I'll, say, just, it. I'll say it just, right here, right now. Just alluding to it. <laughs> All right, mybookie.ag. Okay, now this is the part of the podcast where Jack and I are going to get a little sentimental. And if you have if you have Kleenex handy, you might want to grab them just in case because uh, last week it last week felt like we were we were parents and we were dropping our kid off. At college, and before we were even able to to pull out from the dorm parking lot, we saw that our young son was already flourishing and making new friends. And it was the first time in his life that we realized that he doesn't need us anymore, and he he can he can make it on his own. And have success in doing so. Start a new life. Exactly. And of course, we're talking about Marcus Mariota coming in in relief for the mascara-wearing Derek Carr. (laughs) 
And he looked good, Austin. He looked he, good. He looked really good. And let me say this. He looked really good for 90% of the game. There were a couple of throws where it was like, oh, wow, those were bad throws. And he, obviously he had the interception. He... And that those were just those were just the only thing the Marcus Mariota haters needed to you know oh the, that's the Marcus we know and love like let me say something real quick ooh I want to say something about Paul Carsey after ooh okay all right good yeah because I heard I heard his rant um so Marcus Mariota you can hate him if you want that's fine I don't care but. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong in doing so <laughs> because Marcus Mariota was such a pivotal piece of where the Titans are at today. And you're probably thinking, what are you talking about, dude? Ryan Tannehill came in and completely turned the season around last year. Yeah, you're right. I'm talking about from when the Titans were the sucktastic Titans. The, the Titans were so bad that a to Z sports didn't even want to take the time to start a new podcast about them. <laughs> like that's how bad, like who wants to talk more about the Titans than they already have to. There was a bridge in between those Titans and the Titans were at right now where they have the number one offense in the NFL. Who built the bridge, Austin, the man who built the bridge. It was the, uh, the, I was going to try and come up with something punny with like Golden Gate Bridge and Marcus Mariota, but I got nothing. So something with oh, eight, no, no, no. Here we go. Golden Eight Bridge. It was the Golden Eight Bridge. Yeah, damn there it. We go. Oh, okay. You beat me to it. Damn it. That was good. Uh, the Golden Eight Bridge. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> the Golden Eight Bridge was built, and that was what got us from one end of the bay to the other. And Marcus Mariota, you can hate him all you want for how poorly he played late in his time, his tenure with the Titans. But you also take, I have to consider a few things. The man went through like 19 offensive coordinators in his four years in the league. I'm not saying that's an excuse or that's the reason he sucks so bad, but it certainly doesn't help. He the had some time. The guards were stacked against him. Yeah. And the front office was a mess when he came in. Exactly. And he got his ass kicked um, a lot behind some really poor offensive lines here in, in Tennessee. He was banged up. Monday night last week, you got a chance to see not only him, or, or was it Monday night? When was it? It was Monday night, yes. It was okay. Monday night. No, was it Sunday night? No, Thursday night. It was Thursday it was night. Thursday night. It was that night of the week and not yes. the other two. <laughs> right, right. It was Thursday night. Uh, which, fun fact about the NFL this season, the only season in NFL history where we will have a game on every night of the week Did um, we have a friday game christmas dude we got a game on christmas and christmas oh. is on friday shout out that dude how about that uh that's a little fun fact little nugget you'll get only on the tighten up podcast nowhere else uh subscribe rate and review the marcus mariota he had some time to recover he had some time to develop himself in a new system and a new team and there were times like he hit some rough patches, even just in practices with the Raiders because he fell to third on their depth chart behind Nathan Peterman and Derek Carr. But on Thursday night, he got a chance to go in and play. And we saw flashes of the Marcus Mariota, the greatness of Marcus Mariota that we saw in Nashville for a lot of times. Marcus Mariota helped the Titans win a lot of games and he helped them win a lot of games that they had no business winning. 
there was a point in Marcus Mariota's career where he led the NFL in come from behind victories in the entire NFL. That's over Tom Brady. That's over uh, Patrick Mahomes. I don't even think was in the league at that point yet, but or at least not starting yet. But literally, like name the Aaron Rodgers, name the quarterback. Yeah. Marcus uh-huh. Mariota had that to his credit. We saw a little bit of that on um, on Thursday night. He came in was a spark plug for the team. They came back and it felt like watching your favorite team play someone on your fantasy team. Because personally, I wanted to see him do really well. I wanted the Raiders to lose just because it helped the Titans chances, but I also wanted to see Marcus Mario to do really well. And we really, we kind of got that Marcus played great overall. He, yes, he had some hiccups. He had some mistakes, but he played great overall. And I loved seeing him play well, but then the Raiders ultimately falling. So, seeing Marcus Mariota in a Raiders uniform, it was weird, but I kind of, uh, you know, if, you, if you're going anywhere, go to Las Vegas, go to the Raiders, start a new life. It's a completely different culture than what, what was going on in, in Nashville. And but, but a culture, I think we would all agree, fits Marcus's personality. Yeah, that's him. Bright lights, big city. <laughs> He's a big um, Vegas. Yeah, give me Sin City. Sin City and Marcus Mariota, just uh, so fitting for each a other. A match made in heaven. But when Titans fans kind of weaning off of Mariota would be like breaking up with a girlfriend because you're moving because of jobs. You're moving to Portland because of, uh, let's just say, uh, I don't know, because you want to start a restaurant. Okay. So it's probably a a farm to table restaurant if it's in Portland. Yeah. So while, while you're still in Nashville and your girlfriend runs off, starts a restaurant in Portland, you want them to do okay. You want them to do well. You want them to succeed. Yeah. But you don't want them to set the world on fire and just you look like a complete idiot for breaking up with them because of how successful they are. Right. And that's kind of what the Titans got uh, with Mariota's debut in, in Vegas. He 226 yards, a touchdown. He was pretty accurate, 60% completion percent. Um, and he really what the Marcus Mariota that had been missing for the Titans for a few years was that guy who could tuck it and run and run wild nine carries, 88 yards and a touchdown. He looked great. Uh, He looked good at least in in coming in in relief in a week where he wasn't, he didn't prepare to be the starter. He didn't practice with the ones. Um, Now there were also some things that I'm going to hit on and play devil's advocate. That's, there's some some of the same inconsistencies popped up that, that were, were kind of a big reason why he had to leave town, why the Titans wouldn't re-sign him to a second deal. Real real quick to your girlfriend analogy, and I, I tweeted this on Thursday night, but it it felt like watching Marcus Mariota out there, it felt like, you know, like when you go back to your old your the bars in your old hometown, whether it be like in college or high school or whatever. Like you you, you go back and you're like and you know, you you see friends from from high school there and you're like you see an ex-girlfriend and you're like whoa you're like damn did she did she do something with her hair like she looks good like she's Uh looking real healthy real confident like uh, it's like some something's different about her and it's like and then you start to like have the and then you just start to reminisce about all those like hookups you had and the the flings and (laughs) like you just miss that and like like you're not saying like okay i don't want to go back to it because i love this life i have now like i'm married now like and i've got a great wife and she's great and uh, she yes she was snubbed for the pro bowl which we'll get to here in a bit but uh, but like she's still awesome but then but, there's, there's but a, you still do think of those fond memories with the old when you old but, but also there's a there's a 
the same part. Uh, you, you go up and talk to her towards the end of the night, right? Yeah. And you remember why you guys broke up. It, she maybe, maybe she was saying some things that were a bit different. And you go you go towards the end of the night, maybe 11. You're sitting down, grab a drink with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she still has the same flat earth conspiracy theories. She still keeps talking about how Hillary Clinton eats babies. Right. And she has that one sitting dead, there saying, that one you know dead. what? She does look better, but she's still the same. And that's what Mariota was on, on Thursday night. He was, yeah. he, he, look, he showed the flashes that, w- that made him work in Nashville sure. for a time. But he also sh- sh- you know, displayed some of the same inconsistencies and the same mistakes that are kind of why he had to leave town. But it's got, I, look, it's I'm got, that, got that one well. got that one dead tooth. Like whenever she smiled, yeah. you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot about that dead tooth. Oh, that yeah. is like that, Marine Ponderosa and Always Sunny. That from tooth Always is Sunny. grayer than the rest of her other ones. I, okay, but, I don't but know. Look, that's a deal. You had, to know, you had to know when John Gruden brought Mariota in, you know, with the offensive mind that Gruden has, which, I mean, I get it. He's, he's eccentric and he, you know, he's this and that. But he had to have a plan and he had to have a part of his offense kind of chipped off just designated for Mariota waiting for when Mariota comes in because he's not the highest paid backup in the NFL for no reason, right? They expected to probably have to go to him at some point. And they 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 had developed they developed this offense for him and I like to see it where it, it features him running. Okay. It features him making some of these short throws and these easy completions. He doesn't have the arm strength to throw it outside he, or whether it was that or the confidence or the footwork or the mechanics, whatever. He couldn't do it in Nashville towards the end of his career or his tenure. And you work around that. That's how. That's what makes a good offensive mind is working around players' deficiencies and really honing in on their strengths. And that's what I think. That's why I think if he sticks around in Vegas long enough, he could. He he, he will find some success. Gruden Gruden's always had a thing for Marcus Mariota, and that stems back to when Gruden was in the Monday Night Football booth, and the Titans uh, had a couple of games on Monday Night Football where he would just obviously like Gruden gushes over every player especially when he was in the booth, like he gushes over every player, but like he would just say some things about Marcus Mariota where it was like, Oh wow, he really likes him. And then obviously when Marcus Mariota is a free agent, the Raiders went hard after Marcus Mariota and it got to be like, they signed him and Gruden was just gushing over him after they signed him, which, you know, makes sense. Coaches do that, but it did feel a little bit different when Gruden did it. And it led us to leave, uh, make a long-term bet. So you and I made a long-term bet about how many games Marcus Mariota starts. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've pulled up all of our old long-term bets. Oh man. I'm just going to run through these real quick. Marcus Mariota starts was one of our first long-term bets. I remember I was, uh, I was, I was on the over. Yes. You I'm took the sure over. Number it was. Yeah. You took the over. I took the under the over under was set at four and a half. Oh. So even if Marcus starts the next two weeks. Oh, 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 Maybe the playoffs if the Raiders get into the playoffs. Oh, that's a good point. That is a good point, and we didn't specify. We didn't nope. specify. Nope. So that Dude, does... I found a loophole. Okay, so you're <laughs> you better be hoping. I'm hanging on. I'm I'm barely hanging on. So we'd need him to start two playoff games. Yes, he'd probably have to beat the Bills or yeah. the Steelers because technically Thursday night was not a start. It was he just came in oh, relief. Shit. So yeah, that means he's gonna have to start. He's gonna have to go to the AFC Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. The odds are stacked against me, but I'm not going to give up on Marcus. Look, I don't think you ever should give up on Marcus because I think Marcus has proven to the Titans fans, especially that oh. he has a knack for coming back real quick. I forgot to hit on Paul Carsey, Paul Carsey. Oh yeah. Why are you a vacuum of joy? Why are you a vacuum of happiness? Why can't you let people cheer for Marcus Mariota in, in peace? Uh, you, you go out on this whole hill. Um, 
saying, "Don't you, you good Titans fans won't cheer for Marcus because a Raiders win hurts the Titans right, right. to get in the playoffs." Look, if you're depending on the Raiders losing to get into the playoffs, you don't you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Not this year. I think that's a good and take. With the Titans at ten wins, it, now at ten wins, at the time they were at nine, um, and the Raiders were at seven. Then I just don't understand why that holds so much. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but Paul Kaharski at the end of the day, joy vacuum, happy vacuum, curmudgeon should have let us just cheer for Marcus in peace. That's and, all. I'm and yeah, and and that's the way that's the way I viewed it. Was look, I didn't want the Raiders to win that game, but I wanted Marcus Mario to do well. And I think you can root for both. It's literally like just rooting for a team, like I said earlier, like rooting for a team, like you're rooting for your favorite team playing a guy who's on your fantasy team. Like you want your fantasy player to do well, but you still want your team to win. And that's what I think smart Titans fans are rooting for. So yeah, Paul, you're a little over your skis when you say smart Titans fans should not have been cheering for Marcus Mariota. There's a way you can do both. And Paul knows that, but it, and I love Paul. Obviously, he's one of our uncles. Yes, Paul's a good Paul's a good guy. I will oh, say well, he is he's, he, he's a good guest. He's the, he's the only uncle that came on here and completely roasted us, but he is an uncle. Yeah, he did tear us to shreds. Um, he, hey, real quick, so full disclosure, Jack and I, Jack and I had a guest lined up for this week. Fell through literally ten minutes, which is kind of why we've been rambling a little bit more long winded this week than we normally are. So we 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 hustled and we we freaking looked high and low for a guest that could come on last minute. We, we sent people just random phone numbers to call and tried to get them to call. Luke, Luke Worsham, Donnie Nicky was considered Austin Stanley. Uh, Austin uh, Stanley turned us down. Right. We were going to reach out to Zach, but Zach, we knew was probably, uh, Zach he, was probably getting ready for the big Lakers game tonight. With yes. LeBron going to probably have a triple double. Pro- he's I'll probably already lit. So we did get someone and this is who we got. Jim. Hey, Austin, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Okay, so we just uh, we just tipped off our listeners that this is probably the most impromptu interview we've done in this podcast history. <laughs> it is literally last minute, just kind of thrown together. We are. Uh, it, it's kind of like this is our two minute offense, and we were we figured, you know, like we we need to make something work, and this is us throwing up a hail mary, and clearly you jumped up you caught the ball at its highest point and you're coming down with it and you answered the call jim wyatt uncle jim yes our, our literally our first uncle and our literal uncle to this podcast joins us jim <laughs> first of all i gotta say thank you so much for doing this on such short notice yes, we jim. appreciate it i'm glad to do it you got me at a good time i just got in the car making a ride home and uh so i'm i'm at a good place to chat a little bit so i appreciate right. you guys having me on this is quite an honor i think this is a, i'm a repeat guest am i the first repeat guest on uh, here or no buck rising has you beat okay okay he, he, well he came on for the, the second time yeah but it's okay um we yeah. all know where you stand yeah but, no, no, no. Wait, but we, we don't we don't like to acknowledge buck that much so yeah we'll go ahead and say you're the first reoccurring guest uh that this podcast has ever had so <laughs> what had to happen for Buck to get on twice? You had to have probably four or five people back out. I imagine. Well, no, but Buck, Buck was very eager. Buck almost forced, forced our hand. Yeah, he said. He said, "Look, since you share my podcast feed, if you don't have me on as a reoccurring guest, I'm going to kick you off of my podcast feed." And 
Jack and I have already Our kind of crashed hugged, couches yeah. on on multiple podcast feeds <laughs> since we started this podcast. We're, we're like, you know what? Fine, we'll just adhere to his uh, his demands. <laughs> well, you guys have had some entertaining guests. I enjoy listening to the show. You guys kept me entertained on my drive to Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago. I think I caught up on a couple of them uh, on the ride up there. So I've spent a lot of time in my car here this season. I've driven to Cincinnati. I've driven to Indianapolis and I've driven to Jacksonville on my, as part of my traveling routine. So I've popped in and caught up on some of your podcasts for, uh, for my long drives. Well, that's what my first guest was going to be, because since you are our first uncle, how do you think the family tree is coming along? We've had, we, we've, we've gone from you to young buck. We've had um, <laughs> Teresa Walker, Donnie, Nikki, Mitch Ferkins. Yeah. Even on there. How, how, how do you think this whole family tree is, is looking right now? It's done well. I've heard Amy Wells and the John Glennons too. So right. it's going well. Mitch is the kind of the crazy uncle. Uh, oh, he's definitely the, the drunk uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's very, very entertaining. If you could have been, if we weren't in COVID time, you could have gotten a picture made uh, with him like so many others have, including myself, where you hold your forearm up as he holds up his forearm of the AFC South champions. Uh, and this maybe this is the year he can fix that tattoo and have it be right. You're right. And at the family reunion, we we have to remind everybody, do not leave their drinks unattended with Mitch Ferkins in. No. Yeah. You do not. <laughs> do not want to let him uh, get into a grandpa, grandpa's old cough medicine, if you will. Hey, Jim, <laughs> the uh, let's start. Let's start there with Mitch Ferkins tattoo, <laughs> essentially. Are the Titans going to close this out uh because obviously you've got you've got a very important game on sunday against the green bay packers and then a more i, I don't want to say easy because no game in the nfl is easy but an easier uh game in week 17 at houston but you've also got the colts nipping at your heels and they've got a steelers team that seems to be falling apart they're just in shambles and and then they close out i think what with jacksonville so they have two very winnable games down the stretch are the Titans going to be able to hold off the Colts? Well, I mean, I, I watched the Steelers last night and thought, man, you know, when, when you looked at the schedule a couple of weeks ago, you thought, okay, the Steelers are going to help you out for sure. Yeah, and now watching right. them, they're, they're, they're struggling. And, and uh, I think playing in Green Bay this weekend is tougher, is a tougher matchup for the Titans than the Colts playing in Pittsburgh. So uh, Titans need to keep winning. And I think going to Houston – Last week of the season, needing to win is uh, is not the greatest scenario because you know they'd like to knock the Titans out. They, they you know, I, I watched the ending of their game against the Colts uh, in in Houston, and then had almost a repeat finish in Indianapolis. They're still fighting. They still have a dangerous quarterback, and uh, you know, if you're the Titans, you want to get this thing wrapped up before then. And there, you know, there's a scenario where Marcus Mariota maybe helps his old team mm. out on Saturday and helps the Titans at least clinch a playoff spot uh, with, with the Raiders beating the Dolphins and maybe some of the pressure's off. But, you know, the Titans have got a challenge, obviously, and uh, not going to be easy to go to Green Bay because at this point I'm almost expecting the Colts to go to Pittsburgh and win. Yeah. And look, there, there are so many playoff scenarios, and it's week 16, and still so much is undecided. Will the Steelers wrap up the AFC North, or could the Browns come and overtake them in week 17? I mean, but looking at the teams that are in the hunt now, 
if you're a Titans fan, which of those wild card teams, if the Titans are to, 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 to steal the division, to win the AFC South, which of those wild card teams would you rather play against now? It will, let's just let's just put it this way. I'll, I'll narrow it down a little bit. Colts, Browns, Ravens, or potentially even Steelers. Which teams do you think they'd match up the best against? It's crazy to say, but you know the way the Steelers are playing right now, I almost think you'd like another crack at the Steelers in yeah. Nashville. And you know the Colts, I think, are dangerous. We've seen them a couple of times this year. Uh, they've got weapons, and I think that's a really good team. Uh, the Ravens seem like they have, you know, starting to hit their stride a little bit. I don't expect them to lose again. Obviously, they'd be very motivated coming into Nashville. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll look at, uh, you know, the Browns, and I could see it, you know, could see uh, it'd be nice to get a rematch with them. But when I, all those teams you mentioned, man, I, I think the way the Steelers are playing – and kind of the way that first game went, uh, I, I wouldn't mind another crack at the, uh, at the Steelers. As crazy as that sounds, I wouldn't have thought you'd be saying that a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And what's gone wrong with the Steelers is what might be going right for the Titans right now. Um, their offense has kind of dwindled. It's one-dimensional. And the one dimension is Big Ben, you know, throwing – passes three yards down the field. Um, they, their defense has been really hurt up the middle, whereas the Titans' offense is clicking at the right time. They're now first in all three major categories on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we're talking touchdowns, yards, and points. Um, you have a defense that's getting healthy, getting Adoree Jackson back. How much, or I guess how important will Adoree Jackson's presence, and hopefully Christian Fulton and Kenny Vaccaro's if they join here shortly after, how uh, to what heights could that defense be taken to by those guys? Well, I think they're going to help, but you know, let's face it. You know, the, the biggest problem with this team right now is getting to the quarterback and forcing pressure and getting uh, those guys to get rid of the ball early, and and that hasn't been happening. And guys can only cover for so long. So I think you know this Sunday against the Packers, you know, you let Aaron Rodgers sit back there and have all kinds of time, he's going to pick you apart. And, yes, it's good to get Adore Jackson back in the mix, and I think he'll probably see his play time go up as we go down the stretch here. But, you know, even with him back and with other guys back in the mix, assuming Vaccaro's back in there soon, you know, the, the challenge is still going to be to, to uh, make the opposing team's quarterback uncomfortable. And whether that's doing it with, you know, with the – regular rush or doing it with blitz packages where you're uh, throwing different looks. I mean, something has to change in order to get quarterbacks uh, to get rid of the ball faster. And uh, yes, Adore Jackson helps. Yes, it'll be good to get Christian Fulton back if, if, if he is in fact able to come back here soon. But it, the, the pass rush is going to have to step up and play better. Jim, why has the pass rush been so bad? Like, why has it fallen off of a cliff? Because it was great last year, and it was it was strong last year. How has it fallen off of a cliff? So, with with, I mean, primarily outside of Jarrell Casey, pretty much the same lineup of guys, the same roster of guys, and you've even got a Jeffrey Simmons who's now in his second year, who's even better than he was last year. I like why has it fallen that way, and on top of that, like, obviously, like, the beginning of the year, it was an issue. And 
it was addressed early on. Like it was like, okay, though this pass rush has been bad, but but it hasn't corrected itself. If anything, it's gotten even worse as time has gone on. What what do you think the biggest issue there is? Yeah, I wish I could explain it. I mean, I think part of the reason is, you know, Harold Landry is playing too many snaps, and he was playing too many snaps in the last season. I mean, he's playing 90, 95% of snaps down the stretch last year. I think he you know, obviously ran out of stretch, ran out of gas down the stretch, and I think part of the reason he has not been as successful this year is because he's playing too much. And and obviously, you know, you go out and, and you spend money to bring Jadavian Clowney in here, and Vic Beasley in here, and neither one of those guys, you know, panned out. Beasley, you know, Beasley all, let, you know, Clowney at least showed up and flashed some, but just wasn't around long enough. Correa, just, you know, I really expected him to be more of a different, difference maker this year, but he didn't get a lot of early. He got frustrated. He wanted out. Now he's not here, and, you know, and, and you're going with the mix of, Landry, who's playing too much. Roberson, who's still kind of finding his way. You're mixing in some other guys in. Uh, you know, they're getting called up in the practice squad. Uh, you know, you're missing Logan Ryan, who was, who was obviously primarily a, a nickel and used in coverage, but he was kind of a pass rush specialist, you know, and, and they have not been as successful, not been ex- successful at all, to be honest with you, just in having, uh, you know, guys come – from other positions to get to the quarterback. So it, it's it's hard for me to really understand how I could only have 14 sacks in 14 games and still be 10 and four, but that's where we are. Uh, moving forward, I mean, you're going to face some really good offenses. I, I think we all agree that you have to be better, and if you're not, then you're going to be in some serious trouble here in January. And to that point, when you listen to talk shows around Nashville, 104.5, 102.5, 95.9, um, shout out. Um, <laughs> they're talking about, a, you know, the possible addition of Clay Matthews. He was on Twitter. He made his voice heard on Twitter um, when it was announced that the Titans hadn't had a sack in the last 13 quarters of football, which is damn near a disgrace. What would Clay Matthews do, if anything, to this pass rush? I, it's just so hard to bring a guy in from off the street late and expect him to really come in and contribute. I, mean, I think your better chance is to have someone like Brooks Reed, who who has been productive in his career, who's on the practice squad. He was elevated for the first time this past week. He wasn't active, but I think you're I think you'd be better off getting someone like that who has been in this, you know, is in shape, kind of knows what you're looking for, has done it. Uh, I think I think you're better off again, and would have more luck having success with than a guy off the streets, even if he's got a great resume. Now, uh, I, I don't know what the GM has up his sleeve, but I, I don't expect anybody to come in and just solve all your problems in late December. I mean, I, I think the Titans are going to have to win with what they've got. You know, and as crazy as it is to sound, I mean. As it sounds, yeah, the Titans, are, you know, can win games even if they're giving up 30 points. You know, we, we've seen it. I mean, they, they've scored, not, you know, 39 times, scored in the 40s four times. Even if the defense isn't fixed and it, it doesn't get a lot better, you still can win some shootouts if you get stops at the right time, if you can create turnovers, which is what we saw on Sunday, 
And if this offense keeps performing like it is, I mean, yes, it, it may not be pretty from a defensive standpoint, but, uh, you know, shootouts are fun to watch. <laughs> you're not you're not wrong and we did kind of see that I guess last year with the Chiefs where their last loss and really their only their second loss in the last over calendar year was uh, with the Titans in Nashville last season from that loss on their defense wasn't great they got better in the playoffs but overall wasn't a great defense but they still won because their offense was so strong my question is, to, and to kind of follow up with, you know, the who do you bring in, a Brooks Reed or Clay Matthews or, or something, like, don't you – am I wrong in thinking that the Titans need to at least try anything, something? Because to me, it's like they're, they're entering a beauty pageant, but they've got this, this massive hairy mole right there smack dab <laughs> on their face. And it's like, like you've got to at least try, like, surgery to get it removed, maybe just a crap ton of makeup. Like, you've got to do something – going into this massive beauty pageant that is the NFL playoffs to try and mask the, the biggest hole on this team, both offensive and defensively, which is that pass rush. They got to try anything and anything, right? Yeah. And maybe that's to maybe that's turning up the pressure a little bit more. I mean, it's crazy. I got a letter in the mailbag today, you know, somebody watching the Bengals last night and saying, you know, Heck, why can't the Titans be like the Bengals and 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 send more pressure? And 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 I don't know that the Bengals. I even said to the guy, "Hey, if you're gonna dream, you know, shoot higher than the Bengals." I mean, the Bengals are are are, are ranked in the bottom third themselves in defense. They did get more aggressive and sent pressure last night. Maybe that's something the Titans do moving forward. The problem is if you get too aggressive and and go all out blitzing, then you allow guys like. Rodgers, who has seen it all, to pick you apart. You allow guys like Phillip Rivers, who you could see again, Patrick Mahomes. You know, those guys can beat you that way too. So it's something's got to get better, um, you know, as far as the pass rush goes. But, um, you know, what they've got up their sleeve and how they can go about doing it, you know, I'm, I'm curious myself. I, and another quick follow-up that I just thought of uh, completely on my own. Why can't the Titans be more like the Bengals? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. The, the, the Bengals, uh, Bengals have maybe got a future with Joe Burrow, but their past isn't pretty. And, uh, and they, you know, I guess Tiger doesn't change his stripes. I'm not expected to be a whole lot nice better. Work. There it is. That's why he's a rider. That's why he's a pro's pro. Um, Jim, uh, so unlike the Bengals, the Titans have a potent offense, the best in the NFL. Not uh, to brag. Statistically, not to brag. But um, we kind of saw some fruits of, of this season's labor when A.J. Brown uh, got, got a nod into the Pro Bowl, along with Derrick Henry being the third vote getter. Um, while it's great that the Titans have a wide receiver in the Pro Bowl for the first time since 03, Titans fans are still aren't really satisfied. Corey Davis was left out. Ryan Tannehill, who's had an insane year. Well, he's really just been near perfect since he took over for the Titans. They both got snubbed. They got a two thousand they, they got a potential two thousand yard running back in the backfield, but none of the O linemen are getting love. Uh, what do you think about how the Pro Bowl vote sh you know kind of shaked out? Yeah, I mean, obviously Henry deserved it and you know, AJ Brown, I think what he did last year and some of the, you know, highlight real plays he's made this year. 
you know, the 10 touchdowns, that gets you noticed by fans, players, coaches, all the people doing the voting. You know, it is disappointing that Tannehill didn't get more consideration. I mean, Patrick Mahomes deserves to be on the team. And, and, and you know, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson having good years. I mean, Deshaun Watson leads the league, leads AFC in passer rating. He's got great numbers. But, you know, you got to consider that he's playing on a team that's out of playoff contention, hadn't won a lot of games. Josh Allen, kind of a young up-and-coming guy who – uh, still a young buck. I mean, I, I, I think Tannehill deserved to get in over both of those guys. And I'm not sh- trying to sh- throw shade at him, but they're both really good players. But you can't tell me, looking at Tannehill's numbers and look at the number of games that the Titans have won, that he's, you know, he's not doing it riding Derrick Henry's coattails. So I thought he deserved to be in. You know, I look at the offensive line, and, and you're right. I mean, this team's got a number, number one rusher in the league. Uh, Tannehill's only been sacked 20 times. They don't have a, 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 I guess a, a marquee big-name player like a Lawan. They're doing it with, with kind of more under-the-radar players. You know, Saffold obviously has had a great career. But I thought, you know, Saffold or Ben Jones, who's really underrated, I thought some, one of those guys should have gotten more consideration. I can understand Corey not getting it just because A.J. did. Um, and in a year, in a normal year, uh, where you have alternates, maybe some of those guys still would have found their way in. You know, last year, only guys voted in were Henry and Kern, and then Tannehill ended up going alongside Jarrell Casey. In a normal year, where you have alternates, you know, maybe Tannehill still ends up there, and, and maybe you get somebody else that's an alternate. But with no alternates, nobody's got a chance there. And, uh, and it's more for recognition and for pride than anything yeah. this year anyway, since there's not a game. Um, but I'm sure probably some bonuses are in some of those contracts where would have been nice for those guys to get that pup as well. Yeah, I, even, don't, I, I don't know uh, what game, I don't know what game I'm not going to watch this year with it being canceled. So it's, it's a <laughs> total downer in my opinion. Well, it is a downer for me. I, I got to go, you know, I get to go as part of my job. Every year. It's, 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 the, it's the best event to cover. I mean, it's, it's you know, the cover the Super Bowls, and that's a grind of a week. And a lot of these off-season events, you go to the combine, the grind, and uh, but the Pro Bowl is uh, is is a great gig. It was really a good gig when I, when it was in Hawaii. I was fortunate enough to be able to go. Vince Young helped get me there the year he went solo. Uh, went there, paid the plane played for the plane ticket and had a great week. Vince Young didn't have much time for me there. He didn't want to spend a lot of time with me in Hawaii, <laughs> but, uh, but it, but it was, it was great for me to be there. And it, and it's a good event to cover in Orlando. The practices are laid back. They're early in the morning. Guys are, are loose and relaxed. You can get guys from all over the league. So I'm very disappointed, you know, it's not happening and it's supposed to be in, uh, I think it's supposed to be in Vegas. So, Double whammy. Got the got oh. the draft canceled in Vegas, and now the Pro Bowl. So, missed two chances to go yeah. to Vegas. And, and I imagine back. I imagine writers uh, I imagine writers get to go based off of Pro Bowl votes the same way players do, right? Like you get voted in because you are a a Pro Bowl level writer. Uh, followers count to... as votes in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I probably win as like the eighth or ninth alternate, maybe. Uh, look, some people backed out. It sounded like they were excited about the Pro Bowl as, as, as you are, Austin, and they didn't realize what a great gig it is to be able to go. So I was able to go as maybe the ninth alternate. 
And a, one of the guys who kind of got some late buzz, uh, granted it probably was never going to happen with just how young he is and at the right guard position, um, it, you, you kind of have to have a big name and be an established player in the league to kind of get that nod. But Nate Davis had a great season. He, I think he has the eighth most snaps amongst O-linemen in the NFL, gave up zero sacks. And with Derrick Henry running behind these guys, and there's two games left, do you think that he's 321 yards off the number 2,000? Do you think that they they are really hunting for that 2,000 number, or with playoff playoffs on the horizon, they may take it a little easier than they typically would? We saw him not get any real run in garbage time against the Lions, and that kind of that kind of told me like, hey, like 2,000 is great and all, but it's going to have to come organically. Yeah, and I think, you know, it depends on how this weekend goes, really, and what happens across the league. Because if you need to win both these games, then you're going to follow the same formula, and that's to run Derrick Henry. I mean, that's where you have a chance to have great success. Let's say the Titans win on Sunday and the Colts lose and the Titans win the AFC South, and you're playing in Week 17 against the Texans in a game where it really doesn't impact, uh, you know, anything – related to seeding then what do you do I, mean, I know people want to see you know Derrick Henry get 2,000 you know the, both receivers get to a thousand yards Ryan Tannehill throw for 4,000 I mean, those are all great milestones to reach but if you've got a playoff spot clinched and you're, you can't improve yourself as far as seeding goes you know you're running the risk of somebody getting hurt and not taking advantage of giving guys a little bit of rest. I mean, we, we saw last year the Titans held Derrick Henry out of that game against the Saints, and then he came back refreshed and, and tore it up down the stretch. You know, so I think, you know, Derrick Henry obviously, you know, would love to get to 2,000, but I think more than anything else, I think he wants to win and feel good about it and, and would understand whatever they decide to do down the stretch he is our uh our first uh reoccurring guest with an asterisk but he is our first impromptu guest with no asterisk at all emergency guest emergency guest he is everybody's got an emergency quarterback but only we have an emergency guest <laughs> right right that's I'm you i'm kind of Kind of, kind of like the Rusty Smith coming yeah. off the bench. Oh here. yeah, oh yeah. Except you're calling for calling for Rusty or Except, Drew Bennett in the early 2000s. Right, right. Unlike, unlike Rusty, though, we know that uh, we feel safe with you under center because you are the absolute best, Jim Wyatt. You, you are our Pro Bowler. We not only did we get uh, what AJ Brown and Derrick Henry into the Pro Bowl, but in my opinion, we got. Jim Wyatt into the Pro Bowl as well. Dude, you're the best. Thank you so much for doing this, especially last minute. Like, that, this, is, this has been awesome. And it's been cool because it's like, kind of feels like we're tagging along with you for a ride. <laughs> well, I made it to my destination. So you guys can go ahead and sign off, I guess. Perfect timing right there. Thanks a that bunch, Jim. Pros, pro. Jim, thank okay. you so much, man. Okay, you guys got it anytime. Thank you. Look at that. I mean, freaking, we needed a guy in a pinch, and Jim Wyatt came up clutch. That is the most, that is the most clutch performance, performance of the year. The A to Z sports beast of the week this week, but the media yeah. won't write about him. The, the media thinks that, uh, who else, who, who else is there that's in this game? 
Jeff Schwartz is more entertaining. No, oh. I, say, I say no. I, I say Jim I, Wyatt deserves those votes, but people want to tune in for the Pro Bowl for guys like Jim Schwartz. It makes no sense. Jim Wyatt's yeah, it's, a true professional. Right. It's funny. It's funny that, yeah, Jim Wyatt will probably get snubbed by the national media just like the Tennessee Titans did. And look, that's been a hot topic in the streets of Nashville slash Titans Twitter over the past week. The Pro Bowl snubs, which over the last decade or so, I'd say Nashville's pretty used to having players getting snubbed. They don't have a lot of guys show up in Hawaii or Orlando. No, it's gone are the days when you have six to eight guys showing up for the Pro Bowl like you did in the 2008s and the 2009s. Now it's like, yeah, if you get two in, that's a good year. But this year, you're like, okay, well, yeah. with the best offense in the sport, you'd think you'd get more. And a lot of people are complaining. A lot of people are bitching and moaning that the Titans didn't get enough Pro Bowls. Okay, a couple of things here. You can't complain about the Titans Pro Bowl snubs unless you plan on watching the Titans Pro Bowl, okay? <laughs> Not to go all NFL hipster on you, okay? But, oh, oh, you like the Pro Bowl? Name three of its albums, you know, like it's yeah, it's it, like it's like the, the memes on Instagram or Twitter right now. It's like, oh, you can't complain about the vaccine. You are from Kentucky or right. something like that. Right. Like, yes. Unless exactly. you have plans to watch this Pro Bowl, then don't bitch. But I still right. feel I I, look, I, I feel and, the disrespect. Sure. And, and look, and there is there isn't even a game this year for you to watch. So really, we're complaining about guys just being nominated for what an extra line on their Wikipedia page. Like it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Your pro football reference page gets updated. You get the little, the, uh, the star beside the year. Yeah. I forgot about the star. It's it's a badge of honor. A lot of these guys. Yes. And and And, more importantly, like Jim said, right. So it's a, it's a money thing. You, you, You get a big bonus for making that. And I believe winning that game, you get an added bonus, but yeah. So that's a big in, in contracts. So we are missing out on a game on a random Sunday in February that no one will watch uh, and they'll, they'll wear ridiculous uniforms and have ridiculous rules. And you'll fe- you'll see a few of the highlights on like your Instagram feed and maybe you'll double tap them, but you probably won't even do that. Like that's what the pro bowl has become. Um, however, it is still a pride thing amongst these players and the Titans were disrespected. Most notably Ryan Tannehill. Um, and it, it's a bummer to see. Yes. But I also don't think you can I, – I, I see where Pro Bowl voters, more, like, more so than the fans, like I, I, like I see where the actual Pro Bowl committee, if there is one, like whoever has the final say on who gets the Pro Bowl snubs, I see where they're coming from. Yeah. But my thing is I, I definitely get the decisions that were made um, because it's a, it's a Pro Bowl that has really struggled to pull an audience the last, dare I say, decade. Yeah. And, and you want to pull as many as exciting name brand, uh, um, just just guys that people tune in to watch on Sundays, guys that people have on their fantasy teams, guys, um, you know that that really just I don't know, put up a ton of points, make a ton of splash plays, electricity, the, the, the household the names, factor, yes, yeah, the the and, name brands, like you you want the you want the the Cheerios, the Honey Nut Cheerios, you don't want the Honey Nut tus- Toasted O's. Yes, exactly, and that's what you have. Look, in a game that desperately needs ratings, you want the most exciting players to be on the field. I don't think, and I think a lot of Titans fans would agree. 
I don't think Ryan Tannehill brings that to the table like Deshaun Watson does, like Josh Allen does, like Mahomes does. I think we can all agree on that. Now, is he as efficient as these guys? Yes, of course. But sometimes efficiency isn't enough when it's really kind of a talent show out there, right? You you don't want to be the guy who juggles it and catches it, okay? All these clowns can juggle and catch, but can you do a backflip while you're juggling? And I think Deshaun Watson adds the backflip effect to his juggle routine that, you know, kind of edges out Tannehill when it comes to Pro Bowl votes. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill isn't in any uh, AWS uh, next-gen stat commercials. Yeah. You know, like, he just, he's just not. Deshaun Watson he's is, local though. car dealerships. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. thing. And some people, you just, sure. that's your thing, and you run with it. Tannehill's got to work his way up. And do I think there is an underlying thought about Ryan Tannehill across the league? Yes. Yeah, I do too. There is that Miami bias, that the Dolphins bias. Right. I would say a majority of the country, when they hear Ryan Tannehill, they still see Miami Dolphin under Adam Gase, Ryan Tannehill. Because first impressions are so important. And his no. first impression came under Adam Gase with a terrible Dolphins team. Not nobody's, him. Will, nobody's willing to look at Ryan Tannehill as good right now. Like nobody's like people aren't willing to accept that in their heart. They always, they'll, they'll, they'll follow it with a yeah, but right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but he's got Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry carries the offense. Well, sure. if you look like, at the numbers Tannehill and Mahomes in their last 24 games have been eerily similar in a lot of categories. It, for example, there was a girl in middle school. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, may or may not have pooped her pants during mm. a class. For Kaylin, the rest Kaylin of the Bennett. time, <laughs> yes, yeah, you know her. <laughs> Turned into gun girl. How'd you go to high school with <laughs> the? Uh, she may or may not have uh, pooped her pants, and for the rest of middle school, obviously known as the girl who pooped her pants. It's a tough. It's a tough label to hold. I'll tell Th- you that. That is a tough label to get over. And now she may or may not have really filled out and grown up to become very. Very cute, if not hot. But you'll always look at her and say, mm, I but remember that stain. We you, all you remember that stain. You can't look at her and not think that she did once poop her pants uh, in, you know, like in science class back in the day. So that label will always be with you. Ryan Tannehill pooped his pants in Miami, whether it was his fault or not. <laughs> he put it, on some pants that had poop in them. Yes, I will say. And and that, then that he might then be he a better have, better explanation. Then he might sure. have Jeff sharded himself, but yeah, he, he definitely Jeff sharded down in Miami. And now people are still looking at him as Pooper's pants, even though he's got a great bod, even though he's smoking hot, great hair, eyes that are just you can get lost in. Poopy pants, Ryan. He's still Poopy pants, Ryan. And I is, is it fair? No, it's no, not. It's not. And it's not fair that that girl that I went to middle school with who eventually filled out like did is still known as poopy pants girl. Hopefully she lost that in college. Hopefully she went to a college with not a lot of people from middle school or high school, but I'm just saying Ryan Daniels going through the same thing. And I, I, I understand it, but I don't like it and I don't appreciate it. And I, and I kind of wish people would get over it and it's just going to take more time. It's going to take more time of him being great and playing at this elite level for people, for him to finally ditch that. Peanut pants is cool. Little Billy Madison right there. Yeah, pooping your pants is cool, and consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> uh, remember the Titan is a game we play every week where we just ran, remember a random Titan from years past. Uh, 
You want to go ahead and start? Yeah, I'll week, start. Jack? I'll start. My guy's a guy that people will remember, but not really. Uh, he didn't do anything. <laughs> it's, because, it's because he didn't do damn thing. Um, Lavelle Hawkins, he's a wide receiver. The Titans spent their fourth-round pick in 2008 on him. I'm doing 2008 because, yes, it's the last time the Titans won 10 games. Lavelle Hawkins joined a wide receiver, a wide receiving core of Justin Gage and Brandon Jones, and Bo Scaife was the tight end at the time, and Lavelle Hawkins was a rookie wide receiver the team hoped to squeeze any ounce of, uh, of talent out of. Well, in his rookie year, he started one game. He only caught seven passes, 68 yards. He finished his, his tenure with the Titans with 71 catches, 771 yards, and one touchdown. Okay, that's over the span of five years. He's not, look, he's not, he's not, as we say, a pro bowler. We've talked about so much on this episode. But I know that some of you out there remember Lavelle Hawkins. I know oh, you yeah. do. I know. Yes. I, and look, and if you do, tweet at the podcast. Let us let us know your favorite Lavelle Hawkins memory. Um, but yeah, so that that's that's mine, Lavelle Lamar Hawkins. What an oddly specific ask. <laughs> What's your favorite Lavelle Hawkins memory? I may have to put up his one touchdown if it's on YouTube anywhere. I'll find it. Oh, please do, please do. Uh, my remember the Titan, Christopher David Sims. Yes. Guys, the Tennessee Titans play this week on Sunday Night Football. I'm pretty sure it's the first Tennessee Titans game on Sunday Night Football since Sunday Night Football was on like ESPN. Like that's how long it's been. It was I know that's not since like week 17 a couple years ago against the Colts. Okay. Obviously, yes, yes, I was exaggerating a little bit, Jack, <laughs> but sure. Sorry, yeah. oh man, I had to bring up that dark memory too. I was at that game; it was a disaster. Blaine Gabbert, Jesus Christ! Oh, but gosh, hey, back yeah, to that was reference. a win in your end game. That one sucked. Uh, okay, yes, um, Christopher David Sims. I bring him up because he is. We are going to see him on Sunday night as part of the Sunday night broadcast team because he does a lot of work with Pro Football Talk Live and. Um, and stuff with NBC Sports, and you, we'll see him. He is he is a quarterback so nice, the Tennessee Titans signed him twice. 2008, <laughs> 2010. He went to UT, uh, Texas. Oh, the real UT. Oh, sorry, That's, that was mean. That was mean. I did not mean to do that to the Vols fans that listen. Love you guys. Um, but no, he did go to, he went to the university of Texas third round pick 97, uh, pick overall in 2003. He, um, crazy thing about Chris Sims, the guy nearly died playing football. Oh my gosh. What happened? And I, 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 I'm not laughing. (laughs) I'm not laughing because he almost died. I'm just laughing at the absurdity of that last sentence. I just said, he ruptured his spleen during a game one time. But you, you want to talk about Tennessee tough or Titan strong? The dude ruptured his spleen and stayed in the game. He he was taken off of the field after taking hard hits. This is when he was with the, uh, I think when he was with the Bucks. So before his Titans days. But we'll still call it Tennessee tough and Titan strong. He was taken off the field after taking hard hits from the Carolina Panthers defense. He returned to the game and even led a successful drive, scoring drive, but remained... <laughs> And again, I'm not laughing at this. I'm laughing at the absurdity. The phys- he <laughs> remained in physical distress and was taken to a nearby hospital after the game. And it was then it was revealed that he ruptured his spleen. Folks, I don't think you understand how dangerous that is. Uh, when un- he underwent emergency surgery and he lost five points, 
black, five pints of blood before the operation oh, had conceded. Oh. Uh, I'm not joking you guys when I said the dude almost died. I uh, want to say Billy Volk did something like that when he played. I know Jason Witten. I think I think Jason Witten lacerated his. What I don't know the difference between ruptured and lacerated, but they both sound terrible. I will. Yeah, I'm no I'm no doctor, but I am. Uh, I neither one of those sounds nice. No. <laughs> Um, he, uh, he signed with the Titans after, uh, Vince Young was sidelined with a sprained MCL, uh, for his first stint with the Titans. So he kind of came in and was part of that Kerry Collins team, the last Titans team to win 10 games. And it was, and I'm not going to, was Chris Sims a part of that? I'm not going to say he wasn't. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter He at was all. the Logan Woodside of the 2008 Titans. Exactly. Although Logan Woodside made a very impactful pass on that fake punt. He did. He did. And I'm sure Chris Sims, I'll have to go back and check the tape, but I'm sure Chris Sims connected on a, on a fake punt at some point in that 2008 season. Um, and then he had his second stint in 2010 when the Titans were much worse. Uh, he resigned to be a backup quarterback behind rusty Smith after the season ending injury to Vince young. I think we all remember where we were in the rusty Smith era of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Highlight of that year, I think, was getting shut out to the Texans, but having uh, um, another former member of the Titan, Cortland Finnegan, getting in a fight with oh, former, yeah. another former member of the Titan, Andre Johnson. So uh, anyway, Chris Sims, my remember the Titan this week. Hey, what's next? I, I We don't even have to say it. We know what's next. We know what's next. Everyone's hyping it. It's a huge game, and it's funny. I was, I was actually on... Uh, Reddit is not a site I frequent often. I should frequent it more. I'm it's the same way. Account. I have it, and I have an account, but I need to get on it more. The jokes it's there are good. Awesome site. They've got uh, good memes, yeah. And they've exactly. got sometimes conspiracy theories that I can get behind, and I tell I, my oh, friends without crediting the source because it's Reddit, and you're discredited immediately. But yes. Look, we we you know this podcast is loves a good conspiracy theory, even if they're the ones that we make up while just riffing on this podcast. But uh, I was on the Titan subreddit, and... It's so funny on there because everyone knows everyone knows that Sunday we're pretty much guaranteed for a shootout because the Green Bay Packers run defense is terrible. Really, their defense is pretty bad, but their run defense especially is bad. And obviously the Titans defense is pretty bad. So is Aaron Rodgers going to throw for over 400 yards in this game? Probably, more probable than not, I'd say. Yes, I, I mean, I'd rather. Not I will say, that. Austin, what might help is that it's expected to be 28 degrees with 15 mile per hour wind gusts. So Ooh. that could help. Ooh. Yeah, that'll help, especially Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers loves a good hail mary. That should help when the hail marys. Maybe yeah. it gets caught up in that stream, and maybe it goes out of the stadium. Like a maybe the advantage goes to the team who already has the bad kicker. Hmm, I don't know. Look, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe Goskowski's bad kicks will get blown back into the field goal and be good kicks. Uh, but I will say this. Aaron Rodgers could throw for 450, but also Derrick Henry could run for 450. And so I'm excited to see this. I just hope this is to me the the important thing for this game is and I know it's always so funny. Analysts will always say, "Oh, you got to start strong." Or, or you got to start fast. Got to start fast and finish strong. Isn't that when you say you got to start fast and finish strong? Isn't that just saying you got to play good the entire game? Yeah, fast and strong all day long. Right. Uh, so I always, I always find that funny. It's like it, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. 
but then other people are like, it's all about how you start. Like you got to start fast. So, but so then does the start matter at that stage? Right. You know, you, you start, you start questioning exactly theories. The way I feel about the Titans though, this week, especially it is important to finish strong, <laughs> but it's also important to start fast and they need to start fast because you know, the, the Packers are going to put up a lot of points. You can't get behind because then that takes Derrick Henry away from this game. And Derrick Henry is such an important piece of success for the Titans. In fact, if the Titans, let's say the Titans win the toss on Sunday, I think you you get the ball. You ask for the ball. That way you can set the tone. And I think you just hand it off to Derrick Henry on like 11 straight plays. You don't want to fall behind to Rodgers. It's hard to come back. Right. You know, slinging the ball in 15-mile-per-hour winds with 28-degree weather in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Right, and it's even harder to come back against Aaron Rodgers when your biggest workhorse is a Derrick Henry and you can't utilize him because you're also faced against the clock. So that, to me, is that's why it's important. However, with all that said, this is going circling back to our conversation from earlier, this is why it's so important to see Darrington Evans have success on Sunday because then I think, let's say, let's say you fall behind. And you do have to lean on Darrington Evans more. Darrington Evans has got that confidence. At least he should after the performance he put out on Sunday. So if you need to utilize him more and more passing downs, if you are behind, utilize him. Go to Darrington Evans. Use him as a piece. Draw plays. Draw screen plays to Darrington Evans. And let's see that, that spark that we saw against the Lions on Sunday. Let's see it in Green Bay. And um, look, by the time the Titans play, they will know what they need to do. The Steelers and the Colts play at noon. Now that result could, could, and probably will directly impact what must happen on Sunday night in order for the AFC South to be won by the Titans. Now, if the Colts win, then you'd expect the Titans to be playing with a little added extra motivation. Oh, Hey, we got to win to stay with them. You you beat the Packers. All you got to do is beat the, beat the Texans and you're good to go. You win the division. You get the, you get to host a playoff game. Now, if you if, if the Colts lose to the Steelers, do the Titans look at that as, hey, like, we win tonight, the division's ours. It's a wrap. Yeah. Or do you look at that as, hmm, if things go wrong early, shift, shift. I don't think they would do that. This team's too good and Mike Vrabel's too good of a coach to have them even thinking about what happened earlier in the day. But players watch. Players know. Yeah, if, if I mean, the, if the Colts lose, they could seize the they could seize the division with a win Sunday night, and that because you're playing a Packers team who's clinched the division. You're playing a Packers team who is a tie, who is a one game lead and a tiebreaker head to head over New Orleans. You're playing a Packers team that while they didn't play Seattle, they have the conference tiebreaker most likely. They have won nine NFC games. The Seahawks have won seven. So this the Packers really only need to win next week at Chicago to clinch the number one seed. They they may not be playing with the motivation that the Titans have. Oh, well, the Titans could win the division tonight. This is a, this is the night where the Titans could win the division. And look, I, I'm not saying that the Titans will shift their mindset one way or another, but I'm saying it's possible. And I'm saying if the Colts lose, expect the Titans to come out guns blazing. We saw it last year in that random like week 15 game against the saints where win or lose, it had no bearing on the Titans postseason like seating or, or standing within the division. Yeah. So they rested Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry did not play in that game. 
I, I think I think whatever the scenario may be or scenario. Have we talked about this? Is it scenario or scenario? Scenario is what I say. Oh yeah, we did go. We did have this conversation early on. In I this think season. we did too. Scenario. 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 Scenario sounds like you have white gloves on. Someone called me out on it. I remember that. I remember someone commenting and being like, "This idiot doesn't know how to pronounce the word scenario." Scenario. Scenario. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. Okay. <laughs> Tomato. Uh, the whatever it may be, the Titans are going to know how to handle it. I I have enough trust in this not only this coaching staff but this front or I mean this yeah the front office in making the right decision. If they if the Colts lose on Sunday afternoon and the Titans are able to win against Green Bay and you lock up the division, I think I I yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they come out guns blazing because they want to win that game. They want to seal it up so that way week 17 means nothing to them outside of maybe maybe seeding. Yeah. But it means a lot less to them because they know they're hosting a home game in the first round of the playoffs. You're right. The Titans are not getting the bye. There's only one bye this year. The Titans aren't getting it. So I I I really think that's what that's what's going to go down. And I have my full trust behind this uh, Titans coaching staff. But look, regardless, wrap, wrap it up early. Wrap it up this week. Let's not worry about week seven. Please. Let's let's give these guys a rest that have played what what will be 16 games nearly in a row. Um, you have that bye after the third game, so it's going to be 13 games in a row. Um, these guys would love a bye week. You know, get everyone healthy. To the Titans front office who definitely listens to this podcast, guys, I don't want to do another Venner's Alley segment for the rest of this season. So no. please just win out. Went out, and then you don't even have to worry about the Colts. And, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Hey, look, guys, we appreciate uh, you guys for listening to this podcast. This was obviously a wild podcast because we were all over the place and impromptu guests that we did not expect. It it just crazy. Thank you for sticking around with us. We yes, appreciate absolutely. it. We love talking about the Titans, and we love that uh, you guys tune in to hear us talking about the Titans. Share it with a friend. Um, we're growing this little tup audience, Tupper's audience that we got, uh, the Tuppers out there. We appreciate each and every single one of you. We we love the interaction we get from you guys on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. We love the interaction we get from you on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. And yes, we're talking to you, Young Buck, who likes just about every one of our posts. Thank on you for that, Young Buck. Instagram. I feel like we have a friend in him. <laughs> it's so random. The fact that Young Buck, part of G Unit, <laughs> likes formerly, our Instagram post. Yes. If you would have told me that as a junior in high school, I would have, I would have, I, I would have punched you in the face, and then I would have gone on a date with Poopy Pants Girl. Uh, <laughs> hey, the Tennessee Titans play Green Bay Packers this weekend. Open for a win, guys. Follow A to Z Sports on Twitter, on Instagram, on all of the social medias because literally your go-to source for all things Titans, all things any Tennessee sports. Tennessee's look, they're going through shit in a handbasket right now. I don't even know what that's saying, but they're going through it right now. And A to Z Sports has you covered on all aspects of it. Um, with a great show with, um, gotta give a shout out Austin Stanley and uh, Jonathan Crompton. Yeah, that was a good pull. I saw that. Yeah, like a great, like, like uh, I guess it's like a weekly weekly show, like a pregame, postgame. Uh, for, forgive me for not knowing, but whenever it airs, it's awesome. And it's a great insight from, mm-hmm. I mean, a freaking quarterback for Tennessee volunteers. So Vols fans, Jack and I may take jabs at you every once in a while. I will. I take many jabs at you. Jack, Jack definitely does. I, I don't as much. I'm not apologize so. for anything. Yeah. You guys can like me, but 
you got to follow A to Z Sports just because the content that you get for Vols fans is is phenomenal. So, um, all right, Jack. Uh, first of all, Merry Christmas to you, dude. Merry Christmas um, to you. Merry Christmas to the Tuppers out there. Happy holidays. Sure. Whether it's Derek Kwanzaa or Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that you guys. Merry Christmas, Sims. Chris Simsmas. Oh, I like know. that. Yeah. Look, no, hey, that works. Look, improv, man. Um, thanks, thanks, you guys. Follow, follow, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Love y'all. All right. Well, hey, I guess with, uh, with all of that said, uh, ho, ho, ho. Until next week. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.